Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, March 11th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Russia continues airstrikes in Ukraine as the death toll from the war mounts. President Biden calls for an end to normal trade relations with Russia. The Senate clears a spending bill that includes aid for Ukraine. And Goldman Sachs warns about the risk of a U.S. recession. New York Mayor Eric Adams unveils his economic development plan, plus New Jersey residents say no to self-serve gasoline. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashdale in sports. The baseball lockout is over. Opening day is April 7th. Big win for the Nets. The Rangers lost. Heartbreaking loss for St. John. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 106.1 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. Helps you find global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. And U.S. futures are higher this morning. It is 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 19 points. Dow futures up 112. NASDAQ futures up 61. The DAX in Germany is up 8 tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield 1.98 percent. Nathan. All right, Karen, thanks. We'll get back to markets in a minute. First, the latest on the war in Ukraine. Two cities in western Ukraine were hit by airstrikes overnight. Those locations had been far from the site of recent fighting. Russia is also not letting up on the port city of Mariupol after the bombing of a maternity and children's hospital. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. Civilians trapped inside the frigid city are scrounging for food and fuel under constant bombardment. Many don't even have heat. Michael Neinheis, president and CEO of UNICEF, says the toll on children is immeasurable. We've been in Ukraine for 25 years. Uh, we have um, a step in, in, in eight different locations there. They're working directly with children, children that are in bunkers, children that are fleeing. Ukraine says more than 1,300 people have died in the 10-day surge in the city. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, the U.S. is making more moves to isolate Moscow. Now it looks like Russia will lose its preferred trade status with the United States. And Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. President Biden today is expected to call for an end to normal trade relations with Russia, putting them in the same category as Cuba and North Korea. This clears the way for increased tariffs on Russian imports. Biden can't unilaterally call for the change in Russia's trade status. That authority lies with Congress, where lawmakers are calling for that revocation. And sources tell Bloomberg News the president's announcement will come alongside the group of seven nations and European Union leaders, which are also calling for their own repeal of 
Russia's trade status. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thanks. The Senate has passed a spending bill that includes security and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. Let's get the details live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Just over $13 billion of that package goes to Ukraine for humanitarian and security aid, and it's overwhelmingly approved under a bipartisan sense of urgency. Now, for Democrats, completing this bill in an era of hyper-partisanship is a major achievement. The government had been using Trump-era program funding levels since the start of the fiscal year on October 1st, and now domestic agencies will see a nearly 7% boost. The spending bill now heads to President Biden's desk for his signature. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Meantime, we're seeing more financial companies cutting ties with Russia, including J.P. Morgan. And Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has a story. J.P. Morgan is the biggest American bank, and in a statement, it said it is currently engaging in limited activities. Goldman was the first of the major Wall Street banks to announce its intention to exit Russia, saying it is winding down business there. The finance industry titans are joining those in other sectors, including McDonald's and Coca-Cola, that have already said they will halt business operations in the nation as the death toll rises in Ukraine and millions of refugees flee. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thank you. The war in Ukraine has Wall Street cutting its forecasts for U.S. economic growth. Let's get that story live from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Nathan, there's uh, more than one in three chance the U.S. will fall into recession. That's according to economists at Goldman Sachs. The downgrade comes as U.S. consumer prices soar to a fresh 40-year high on rising gasoline, food, and housing costs. And inflation's poised to rise even further following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Earlier this week, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, reaffirmed plans to raise interest rates this month and commence a series of rate hikes to curb high prices. And the International Monetary Fund also expected to cut its forecast for global growth this year. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Let's turn to China now, where GDP figures are also in focus. Premier Li Keqiang admits it won't be easy to hit the country's growth target this year. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more. The growth rate was set at about 5.5% this year. The comments of difficulty reaching that will likely stoke expectations that more support is on the way. And Li did say that government spending will be beefed up. He spoke at the end of the annual NPC meetings and said that China can cope with the challenges. He said tax breaks for companies will be like giving oxygen to mountain climbers. On Ukraine, the premier said China supports a ceasefire. On Hong Kong, China supports a delay in elections to combat the virus. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. And Li Keqiang is also announcing an end to his time as Chinese premier. Li says he will step down from his post after this year, pointing to a coming reshuffle in the presidency of Xi Jinping. Well, Nathan, turning to markets now, we take a look at some stocks on the move this morning. Shares of DocuSign are down 19% in early trading. The electronic signature company forecasts first quarter revenue that missed analyst estimates. Shares of DD Global are down 20%. Sources say the ride-hailing company halted a plan to list its shares in Hong Kong after failing to appease regulator demands about user data. And shares of Rivian Automotive are down 11%. The electric pickup maker says plans to accelerate production are being hit by overstretched supply chains. And finally, Karen, we'll turn to the pandemic because it was two years ago today that the World Health Organization labeled the COVID-19 outbreak a pandemic. And now a new study says the global death toll could be 18.2 million, three times higher than official records. The study from the University of Washington points to a lack of testing and unreliable data to explain that discrepancy. 
Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 607 on Wall Street. We're 40 degrees in Central Park and dealing with uh, jam-ups on the Harlem River Drive from 125th all the way to the Willis Avenue Bridge. Details coming up in traffic. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. After two years of the pandemic battering New York City, Mayor Eric Adams is hoping to steer his city toward an economic revival by luring tourists back and beautifying the streets. You can feel the energy. Someone called me this morning and they said, Eric, I was at... The ferry, it was crowded. This was the first week where I had to wait on an elevator because it was so full, you know. The Democratic mayor unveiled an economic development plan that he said would usher in a new New York. The recovery is not going to be about getting back to the old ways. It's going to get back to the new ways of doing things, and we're going to take this opportunity to reboot our entire system and make changes that are going to include equity and inclusiveness. Mayor Adams' plan calls for helping small businesses and cultivating specific industries, including pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, and the legal pot industry. People in New Jersey are saying no way to lawmakers' attempts to allow self-serve gasoline. A Rutgers Eagleton poll found that 73% of residents prefer to have an attendant do it for them. Among women, it's 87%. T-shirts and magnets have sprung up saying Jersey girls don't pump gas. It looks like North Korea tested a new missile system. U.S. intelligence has now assessed that two ballistic missile tests carried out late last month and last week involved the relatively new intercontinental ballistic missile system North Korea is developing. A senior administration official is calling it a serious escalation by North Korea and serious violations of U.N. Security Council rules. Jesse Smollett has been sentenced to 150 days in jail for lying to police in a racist and homophobic attack that he staged himself. Cook County Judge James Lynn tore into the disgraced actor. You took some scabs off some healing wounds and you ripped them apart for one reason. You wanted to make yourself more famous, and for a while it worked. Judge Lynn also sentenced Smollett to pay back $120,000 to the city of Chicago. The actor who played Luis on TV's Sesame Street has died. Emilio Delgado died at the age of 81 from blood cancer. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Going up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. Technically, the baseball walkout lasted 99 days, but all in the offseason. Though MLB had twice announced cancellation of games, they'll play all 162. So nobody lost a paycheck. Players expect to start showing up for spring training today. Mandatory by Sunday. Exhibition games next weekend and opening day, April 7th. It's expected the Yankees will open at home against the Red Sox with the Mets in Washington. They compromised on some economic issues. The minimum salary was raised. The playoffs expanded to 12 teams. The National League will start using the DH. Other rule changes could be coming next year. Commissioner Rob Manfred was asked his message to fans. The last few months have been difficult. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, At a point in time when there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, um, 
sort of the way the process of collective bargaining works sometimes, but I, I, I do apologize for it. Manfred says he hopes to have a better relationship with players going forward. Nets and Sixers in Philly, first time since the big trade. Ben Simmons yet to play for Brooklyn, refused to play for the Sixers. He sat on the Nets bench, got heckled. James Harden engineered the Nets, traded him. He struggled, shot 3 of 17. The Nets won easily, 129 to 100. Kevin Durant scored 25 points. Seth Curry, who was part of the trade, had 24. Rangers, who lost the other night 5 to 2, lost 6 2 in St. Louis. All Islanders, 6 nothing over Columbus. The hat trick for Anders Lee. Devils lost to Winnipeg 2 1. Heartbreak for St. John, blew a 17 point lead, lost by 1 to Villanova at the Big East Tournament. John Stashelli, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. S&P futures right now are up 19 points. Dow futures up 116. NASDAQ futures up 61 points. Up next, Bloomberg's Tom McKenzie joins us from the Polish-Ukrainian border where the refugee crisis is intensifying. This is Bloomberg. Good morning. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning as investors eye cheaper valuations, even as they remain concerned about global growth amid a raging war in Ukraine and an impending rate hike cycle at the Federal Reserve. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 17 points. Dow futures up 103. NASDAQ futures up 56. The DAX in Germany is up nine-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up two-thirty seconds. Yield 1.97%. The yield on the two-year, 1.70%. NYMEX crude oil up 3.6%, up $3.79 at $109.82 a barrel. COMEX gold is down three-tenths percent, or $5.80 at $19.94.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0982 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3092. And the yen's at 116.93. Bitcoin this morning, lower, down 1.1%. It's at $38,900. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Darren, thank you very much. Russian strikes have hit near airports in western Ukraine as the military offensive widened and invading troops kept up pressure on the capital, Kiev, and besieged port city of Mariupol. Meanwhile, the Senate has given final congressional approval to a $13.6 billion emergency package of military and humanitarian aid for besieged Ukraine and its European allies. Major League Baseball reached a new labor agreement with its players' union ending a three-month lockout. It paves the way for the season to start next month. In the NBA, the Nets and Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers and Devils lost. The Islanders and Bruins won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, uh, Michael, thank you very much. We're at uh, 619 now on Wall Street and live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we are now into day 16 of Russia's war in Ukraine, which has, of course, sparked a major humanitarian crisis. Civilians have been fleeing by the tens of thousands as Russia intensifies its attacks in major cities and appears to be spreading its offensive. 
Most of those refugees are heading to Poland. And joining us now from the border city of Medica, where many of those refugees are coming through, is Bloomberg's Tom McKenzie. Tom, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I know you've been in Medica for several days. Can you describe how the situation looks right now? Yeah, Nathan, we're continuing to see hundreds of refugees, thousands uh, crossing uh, the border here every single day. Uh, The vast majority are women and children and some elderly as well, because, of course, most of the men have been compelled to stay back in Ukraine. Many of those uh, men will be staying and fighting uh, the Russian military. Uh, We know that top line numbers from the United Nations have been updated in terms of the refugee flows. We've seen about 2.3 million Ukrainian refugees across the border into European nations. And Poland, where I am now, is the number one country in terms of absorbing those refugee flows. Around uh, 1.5 million people uh, have crossed into Poland alone. And this is a country that's really stepping up its efforts to try to uh, put in place the logistics to absorb those flows. But clearly, uh, it is a challenge for a country where the GDP per capita is below the average uh, for Europe. Over in Ukraine, of course, we're hearing from officials in Kyiv, the capital, uh, that um, as many as half of the population of that capital have now fled. Uh, An additional 40,000 have managed to escape uh, a number of cities in Ukraine, uh, thanks to the humanitarian corridors, but many more remain trapped. Uh, in cities, particularly in the south of the country, uh, support cities like Mariupol, where for all accounts, uh, there is a humanitarian crisis now. Based on what you're seeing right now, does it appear as though those humanitarian corridors are holding up? Is the insurge getting more intense now as we're getting reports that Russia's offensive has moved on to western cities closer to places like Poland and Romania? There are a number of reports that Russia is switching its military tactics to bombardment of civil areas. And that, of course, is leading uh, to this very acute crisis, particularly, as you say, in those southern cities where it seems for whatever reason the Russian military has been unwilling or unable uh, to put in place those humanitarian corridors to allow civilians to leave where they have had no running water, no electricity uh, for days now, many of them, of course, living in terrible conditions in basements. Uh, I've been meeting and speaking to refugees, of course, as they cross uh, the Polish-Ukrainian border here. I met one mother with her two children, one a six-year-old. They'd fled from Kyiv. She's an IT manager. Her husband is a property developer. They'd been living in a basement for five days. They finally made the decision to leave after the apartment next to theirs uh, was bombed and shelled. Uh, They came across the border, and now they hope uh, to move on to Estonia, uh, where they, of course, hope to find safety and some sense of peace. And, of course, uh, the husband uh, of this woman who I spoke to remains in the capital. She says he will probably end up taking up arms uh, to fight the military. And she said all her six-year-old wants to do is go back to Ukraine, go to school, and have pizza Fridays with her father, his father. Of the people you've been speaking with, Tom, what are they telling you that they need? We've heard about the huge amount of humanitarian aid, military support that's going into Ukraine. Do the people who are fleeing the country feel like that's enough that they're getting from the U.S. and NATO? The one thing that seems to come through clearly when I speak to to people here is they want to see uh, 
a no-fly zone over Ukraine. And now NATO has been very clear on this. The United States, of course, President Joe Biden and the Prime Minister of the UK, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, unified in saying that a no-fly zone is not appropriate uh, at this stage because, of course, they're concerned that that would drag them into an even wider conflict uh, with uh, Russia. But that is something that you hear echoed uh, by the refugees here as they, of course, have come from towns and cities that continue to face heavy Russian bombardment. They also speak of their gratitude for the international response, the fact that here on the ground at this border crossing there are volunteers from New Jersey, from Israel, uh, from across Europe who are helping to provide tents, clothing, food, and helping the logistical process of moving them off from this border uh, to safety in towns and cities across Europe. And there's a lot of gratitude uh, for that response. Uh, but they're saying, look, ultimately, they want to get back to their country. They want to get back to their homes and their families. And they feel a no-fly zone, additional military assistance is what's needed. It's an important story to be told. Thanks for bringing it to us, Tom. Thank you for this. Tom McKenzie of Bloomberg News from Merdeka, Poland, one of the many border cities taking in tens, if not hundreds of thousands of refugees with the war in Ukraine now into its third week. Back here in the U.S., futures are pointing to a higher open on Wall Street. S&P futures up 43 points. Dow futures up 312. Nasdaq futures higher by 153 points. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, partly sunny, low 50s today. Rainy, windy, maybe a little wet snow early tomorrow with low, early highs in the upper 40s. Temperatures will fall through the afternoon. Sunny, breezy for Sunday, upper 30s. Right now, 40 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. IBKR investment advisors switch to Interactive Brokers for lowest cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interest at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, it's day 16 of the war in Ukraine. Sirens heard again in the capital, Kiev. The mayor of the city says almost half of its citizens have fled since Russia's invasion began. Cities in western Ukraine are now under attack, too, taking fire from long-distance strikes. In the south, the city of Mariupol remains under siege. The death toll there has reportedly passed 1,300. And Russia is adding more troops, Karen. President Vladimir Putin plans to send thousands of local fighters from the Middle East, along with weapons, to join his forces in Ukraine. That would point to an escalation. At the same time, Interfax is reporting Putin sees some positive shifts in talks with Ukraine. Well, back in D.C., Nathan, President Biden is set to call for an end to normal trade relations with Russia. Sources say the plans would allow for increased tariffs on Russian imports, putting Moscow on par with Cuba and North Korea. At the same time, the Senate's passed a spending bill that includes security and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. Let's get the details live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita. Nathan, just over $13 billion of that package goes to Ukraine for humanitarian and security aid, and it's overwhelmingly approved under a bipartisan sense of urgency. For Democrats, 
Democrats passing this bill in an era of hyper-partisanship is a major achievement. The government had been using Trump-era program funding levels since the start of the fiscal year on October 1st, and now domestic agencies will get a nearly 7% boost. The spending bill now heads to President Biden's desk for his signature. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. On Wall Street today, the war in Ukraine has one firm cutting its forecast for U.S. growth. And we get that story live from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Karen Goldman Sachs warns there is a more than one in three chance the U.S. will slip into recession in the next year. The firm is cutting growth forecasts because of the hit from rising oil prices and other impacts from Russia's war on Ukraine. The revision comes as U.S. prices for everything from gasoline to food and housing jump to a 40-year high. And that's even before Russia's invasion. For this year, the firm predicts GDP will slow to 1.75%. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. It is 633 on Wall Street, 40 degrees in Central Park. The Cross Bronx Expressway is jammed both ways at Westchester Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New York Mayor Eric Adams unveiled his economic development plan for the city. Adams says it would usher in a new New York. During his news conference, the mayor saluted the truck drivers who delivered goods to stores in the city, calling them essential workers. You know, onions are not in your stores because someone texts them over. (laughs) They're in your stores because those trucks delivered them here. Mayor Eric Adams is hoping to steer his city toward an economic revival by luring tourists back, beautifying the streets, and embracing New York's looming legal pot industry. The Biden administration says two North Korean missiles launched in recent weeks were, in fact, test firings of a new long-range ICBM. The tests were of a missile reportedly larger than an ICBM North Korea launched in 2017 that was assessed to be capable of reaching the United States. The administration warned that a full-range test could soon follow. President Biden gave a pep talk to the Democratic National Committee. Biden told his fellow Democrats they should be proud of what they've done to pull the nation out of the pandemic this past year. Biden also says his administration has plans for how to help with inflation. Cost of gas and food has gone up. Well, let's cap the cost of child care at 7 percent of a family's income. We can afford to do this. The president also told Democrats to promote record job growth and the infrastructure bill to win in the midterms. Actor Jesse Smollett has been sentenced to 150 days in jail for a hate crime hoax in 2019. The former Empire star will have to pay back 120 grand to the city of Chicago. Cook County Judge James Lynn. I acknowledge there are wonderful sides to you. They're very giving and charitable and loving sides to you. But you have another side of you that is profoundly arrogant and selfish and narcissistic. Judge Lynn also sentenced Smollett to probation for 30 months. The latest census undercounted black, Latino, and Native Americans at higher rates than a decade ago, potentially depriving those communities of financial resources and political representation. That's according to new data released by the U.S. Census Bureau. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stanshower stepping up to bat for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Yeah, Nathan, get out the key and unlock the gates for the baseball stadium's new five-year agreement ratified unanimously by the owners. The player reps approved it 26-4. to Mets and Yankees are both against it. The eight-member union committee all against it. Commissioner Rob Manfred asked why there were a couple of times lately when it looked like the lockout would end and it didn't. And then when it looked like it wasn't going to end, it did. Looking back at it, I think we used deadlines effectively to move the process at points in time when it needed to move. And, you, you know, who outflanked who? My view is there's only one win, and that's getting an agreement, and we got one. Opening day, now April 7th. They'll play all 162 games. Then the playoffs will be expanded to 12 teams. And now begins... The race to sign still unsigned free agents. There are some good ones out there like Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, and Chris Bryant. James Harden wanted out of Brooklyn, got traded to Philadelphia, faced his old team, and shot three of 17. Nets blew out the Sixers, 129 to 100. Kevin Durant, 25 points. Seth Curry, who was part of the trade, had 24. Knicks in Memphis tonight. Cam Reddish, who the Knicks acquired in January, will miss the rest of the season. He's got a separated shoulder. In St. Louis, the Blues, three goals in the first period, three more in the second. Beat the Rangers 6-2. Devils lost to Winnipeg 2-1. The Islanders all over Columbus 6-0. The hat-trick for Anders Lee. At the Garden, St. John's blew a 17-point lead. Questionable foul call with two seconds left. And Villanova made the two free throws and won 66-65. Also at the Big East, Seton Hall lost to UConn. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks and some of the names moving in the pre-market. Look who walked in this morning. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is back. Kriti, good morning. What's got your eye? Yeah, good morning, Nathan. Decided to show up to work today, which was about a, a new, <laughs> a new, a new concept. Uh, so Putin here coming out with some headlines. This is really important. He says certain positive shifts in talks with Ukraine. So naturally the movers are going to be those that are connected to Russia. Let's start with some of those fertilizer companies here. Mosaic, MOS is your ticker down 1%. CF Industries as well down 3%. The ticker is just the letter CF. This is important because Russia is a major supplier of fertilizer and of fertilizer components, especially for the American farming industry. Remember, farm exports are the United States' number one export to the world, so very dependent. So when you see these kind of headlines on positive shifts in Ukraine, you do start to see those companies. They've actually been rallying quite a bit on these Ukraine tensions. Uh, you do actually see them take a little bit of a beat. So once again, Mosaic down 1%, CF Industries down 3% as well. We should talk about some of the tech connection here because one of the other strategies the administration is using perhaps uh, to kind of target Russia, to sanction Russia, to perhaps put pressure on Russia to pull back on this kind of war, you're seeing this through the tech industry, trying to cut off their supply from chips, trying to cut off their access to social media companies, things like that. So you do see that direct read through. Once again, on these headlines, you do see NVIDIA rallying, NVDA up 2.6%, AMD as well up 2.3%, Apple, AAPL is your ticker there, up 1.6%, and Microsoft as well, MSFT up 1.7%. Now, in addition to that Russia connection, Nathan, you also have the fact that these are the stocks that have been hit the most hardest because of the war, and there are also heavyweights in the index, so they tend to drag the entire benchmark down. So some of this is just bouncing back from a sell-off we saw in the past couple of days. And perhaps adding to the uh, rally we're starting to see at the moment. But we've also had some movement on the tech side with earnings, and that really isn't adding to what we're seeing, is it? No, it's really not. Oracle is going to be your, your name there. ORCL is your ticker, down just shy of 3%. Now, they did give an upbeat forecast for their cloud computing business, and 
that is significant because they've been trying to expand. They've been trying to compete with Amazon and Microsoft and Alphabet for ages. But it's really their earnings that took the cake here. They weren't able to post positive earnings, disappointing quarterly profit, and worse, slowing growth in their corporate finance applications. Remember, less business investment means less uh, profits for Oracle, and that's really the message they sent last night. Those shares down just shy 3%. ORCL is the ticker, Nathan. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Great to have you back with us, Kriti. Thanks for being here. And uh, just to expand on the headline that Kriti mentioned in terms of the uh, certain positive developments that uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin, he's uh, said that to uh, his Belarusian counterpart, uh, according to a transcript obtained by uh, the Interfax News Service, saying there are certain positive developments as far as negotiators uh, informed him when it comes to talks with Ukraine. And we are starting to see that play out in the market with S&P futures now up 56 points, a gain of 1.3%. NASDAQ futures higher by 222. That's a gain of 1.6%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, low 50s today. Rainy, windy, maybe some wet snow early tomorrow. Up early highs in the upper 40s with temperatures falling through the afternoon by Sunday. We'll only get into the upper 30s with wind. Right now, 40 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures this morning are on the rise. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here is Bill Maloney. Bill. Hey, good morning, Karen. U.S. futures spiked about 20 minutes ago on a headline that Putin said there are certain positive shifts in talks with Ukraine. Dow futures now up 435 points. SMEs gained 65. Well, NASDAQ futures higher by 250. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2%. Gold is down 15. Oil is rising. But Bitcoin is little changed. European markets are also in the green, led by 3% gains in Germany. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. After the Bell Essendon, Oracle EPS disappointed, but its cloud revenue forecast was bullish. And Rivian reported is down 11% in the pre-market. In other news, Goldman Sachs cut its U.S. growth forecast. And wrapping things up, Amazon was rated a new buy at Deutsche Bank with a price target of 4100 Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Vladimir Putin says Russia plans to send thousands of local fighters from the Middle East, along with weapons, to join its forces in Ukraine. Russian strikes have hit near airports in western Ukraine. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden plans to announce that along with the European Union and the group of seven countries, the U.S. will move to revoke most favored nation trade status for Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. Major League Baseball reached a new labor agreement with its players union, ending a three-month lockout. It paves the way for the season to start next month. In the NBA, the Nets and Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers and Devils lost. The Islanders and Bruins won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. 
Right, Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes infrastructure-ready graduates from civil engineers to transportation specialists. If it's infrastructure, NJIT grads are building it. More at NJIT.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A new study says that the global death toll from the coronavirus could be 18.2 million That's three times higher than official records suggest. The study from the University of Washington points to a lack of testing and unreliable data to explain the discrepancy. Facebook and Google face a European Union antitrust probe into possible collusion over the way they operate online advertising services. The European Commission said it's concerned that an agreement between the two tech giants could squeeze competitors out of the market. And Japan's top automaker Toyota will scale back domestic production over the next three months because of a a supply crunch in ships and other parts that have slammed the global auto industry. Toyota says it'll cut back vehicle production in Japan by about 20% in April, by 10% in May, and 5% in June compared to what was planned. Toyota had raised production targets starting in April to catch up on lost production caused by parts shortages related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 650 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. as we continue to follow fast-moving headlines out of the war in Ukraine, including Russian President Vladimir Putin citing what he calls positive movement in talks with Ukraine. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the Senate passing a $1.5 trillion government funding bill that includes Ukraine aid, President Biden rallying Democrats as crises threaten their majority in Congress, and a member of Congress launching a probe into oil company buybacks and tax breaks. Also making news, President Biden set to call for ending Russia's preferred trade status. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins as we wait for that expected announcement in just a few hours from the White House. Emily, I know this has been something that Congress had been pushing for to target Russia's trade status, and now it looks like the president's on board. Yes. I mean, when the president initially raised concerns about it, it wasn't that he actually had concerns about shifting Russia's trade status. It's that he did want to take the time, reach out to the European allies and have discussions with them, because obviously Europe and Russia, um, they have sort of a much different trade relationship than the U.S. and Russia. Russia is far more dependent on Europe than it is for the U.S. And uh, Biden said that, you know, there he's, got, he's going to have the speech today. He's going to continue talking uh, with European leaders. Uh, the European Union said last week that they're seeking to remove Russia's most favored nation status, this trade status that is out there. Um, and this is something, as you pointed out, Nathan, it's got bipartisan support. Congress is willing to do it. Uh, they were just waiting for the president. And now uh, we're expecting that announcement today that he is on board and ready to move forward. And it sounds, Emily, as though it was pretty important for the president to make sure European allies were on board as well, given how closely entrenched the European economy is with Russia. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, this goes to what Biden has been doing the entire time when it comes to Ukraine, has been reaching out to Europe, making sure that other allies are on board in Europe and and around the world and trying to make sure that they're really maximizing the pain on Putin. And that's not just the U.S. levying these sanctions, but other nations as well. In the meantime, Emily, we uh, had had an opportunity to hear last night from President Biden addressing the uh, party faithful at a time where the political challenges are pretty deep 
for the Democratic Party, I think it's safe to say, given where inflation is and now a war in Europe on top of everything else. Absolutely. I mean, the inflation number, the 7.9 that came out yesterday for the month of February, it just really continues to show that this inflation is not transitory. You heard uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen say yesterday that this is going to be something that's going to be continuing for the rest of the year. And Americans are not happy with Biden. Uh, you saw a recent Wall Street Journal poll finding that 57 percent of voters have remained unhappy with Biden's job performance. But Biden had a really optimistic message yesterday when he spoke to the Democratic National Committee. He said that in terms of their economic agenda that Democrats have been pushing, the child care, the expanding health care, the lowering prescription drug prices. Biden pointed out that these individual items do seem to resound with Americans and are popular with voters. And if they can just sort of keep that message on what they plan to do, of course, then the tricky thing is how do you buy that in with inflation? I'm actually in Philadelphia Philadelphia right now with the House mm. Democrats on their retreat. And one thing that they said yesterday, they really tied uh, the social economic plan to the economy, saying, look, maybe we can't lower inflation, but we can bring costs down for people when it comes to the amounts they pay for medication, the amount they pay for childcare, the amount they pay for housing. So maybe, you know, we cannot snap our fingers and bring down gas prices, but we can offer Americans relief in other parts of their budget. Interesting. So is it just about messaging or could we see an even more ramped up push to get President Biden's agenda moving forward on Capitol Hill, even if it's in pieces? I mean, it has been a very tough go, as you know, over the last several months, given the opposition from Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema. Where does it go from here? Yeah, ask lawmakers about that. And all of them would point out the fact that Senator Joe Manchin, there are things in that comprehensive Build Back Better proposal that he supports. And I was talking yesterday with the, the leader of progressive Democrats, Chairwoman Pramila Jayapal, and she seemed very open to having a far slimmed down package from what progressives were initially hoping for or from what they even had last year if they could just get something done. So I think there is a willingness. It's difficult to say, of course, how much momentum him. Uh, you know, Democrats have have been trying to figure this out since the end of last December, and they've kept getting, uh, you know, had to you know pivot to other items. Most recently, of course, the war in Ukraine. Bloomberg Government's Emily Wilkins with us this morning from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where the uh, Democratic Party retreat is underway. Read much more about what's happening in the nation's capital, Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. And a reminder to stay with Bloomberg Radio. We are expecting that President Biden's announcement on actions against Ukraine. It's set for 1015 Wall Street time. We'll have for you live on Bloomberg Radio. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. March is Women's History Month, and every day this month we are celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now with your installment for March 11th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in women's history in 2006, Michelle Bachelet is sworn in as Chile's first female president. She's a lifelong socialist, former political exile, and ex-prisoner of the military dictatorship. Her rise highlighted a cultural shift in a mostly Roman Catholic country that was long regarded as among the most conservative in Latin America. 
It was also a nation where at the time divorce was only recently legalized and abortion was still illegal at the time. Women were also often earning as much as 40 percent less than men with similar jobs. By contrast, Bachelet was an agnostic and a single mother of three. She was also the first popularly elected South American female president whose political career was established independently of a husband. She served two separate terms as president of Chile. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. And we are watching futures this morning. They are on the rise as investors take heart from a report that some progress is being made in talks between Russia and Ukraine. S&P futures up 52 points. Dow futures up 363. And NASDAQ futures up 207. That's up one and a half percent. The 10-year Treasury is down 430 seconds. The yield is at 2%. And Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrell, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.